in eight days, recruiting for USC's 2023 recruiting class will be closed. Or will it still be open? You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, I like to always remind everyone we are free, and I want to thank all of you for coming along for the ride. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done it yet, I need you to do me a favor and hit that red subscribe button. It means a whole heck of a lot. And to those of you who already have, as always, my very sincere thank you. Tell a friend. All right, this episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, who helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, the February 1st holiday, it's quickly approaching. Does anybody care? Recruiting, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this show. Um, things kind of changed with the early signing period, and things really took a turn when the transfer portal came into existence. Literally, with a week and a day left uh, for the 2023 class to be you know, officially closed, um, it's still open. Uh, the staff is actually focusing on 2024 and beyond. Uh, they're out, they're already out there visiting schools, making offers, uh, a lot of offers. <laughs> and especially in Southern California, it is loaded, uh, the 2024 class. Uh, we know that Modern Day and Bosco are, are feeder schools for the Division I programs. Uh, USC has taken advantage of that. Both of those programs are really deep in uh, in 2024, much more so than 2023. So while there's not going to be a lot of, there's not going to be too many gifts uh, showing up on that day, February 1st, uh, to close out USC's 2023 high school recruiting class, uh, there's still a few gifts out there still for delivery uh, that would really add a a nice finish to what's already been assembled uh, in this class. And again, I think that's what takes so much of the excitement away from the traditional signing day in February is everybody's already, you know, put their name on the dotted line and a lot of these young men are already enrolled. So it's just, it's, it's really changed uh, the way uh, recruitniks like to follow uh, the, the whole process. You, you're now getting excited around Christmas time in December for the early signing period, and you're really focused on the transfer portal. But as I mentioned, there are still a few out there uh, that you know the staff is really excited about. The fans, Trojan family, would love to, uh, I guess, you know, cap off their, cap, their the class with. Uh, 
two of the three high school recruits that USC is actively um, after are uh, Roderick Pleasant and Warren Roberson. Both of them defensive backs, both really fast, uh, especially uh, Pleasant from Sarah. Olympic fast. He has the ability to uh, to make the U.S. Olympic team. Deuce Robinson is the is the third big wide receiver, tight end prospect, uh, and he's the highest rated of those three. And while it was reported that Deuce was going to try and make a stop off at USC for a visit, that never happened. Is he's just he's got a lot going on in his life between baseball and basketball. When he was in L.A. on his way out to Hawaii, um, again, he was working out for the L.A. Dodgers. So that time time restraints kept him from getting over to USC. That doesn't mean he's not going to. It's just kind of putting things out there so everybody understands why he didn't make it. Deuce is a really talented young man. But I think eventually he's going to have to choose a sport. Um, he, you know, He put out a tweet over the weekend that, you know, somebody should be able to play multiple sorts in college. Absolutely. Eventually, you got to choose one. I don't think he is a uh, a Bo Jackson or a Dion Campbell. Excuse me, Dion <laughs> Prime Time Dion uh, type of of, uh, of talent. Could be. Could be wrong. Um, I just don't see that. I think eventually he's either going to have to choose football or, bat- or baseball. Now, for those of you who uh, who saw the Roger Pleasant interview that WeRSC.com's Scott Schrader did uh, when he got to, when he arrived to Hawaii for the Poly Bowl last week, most of you are thinking that wasn't good, and I was one of them too. If you're, you're trying to figure out well, why is this young man so just showing zero enthusiasm, well, I found out why. As it turns out, uh, Roderick. He's not the type of person who is going to feel comfortable talking in front of people that he's not, he doesn't know or he, or he feels comfortable with. When Scott performed that interview, there were other people standing around. So rather than, you know, open up and divulge anything, uh, he was just kind of keeping his cards close to the vest. Now, with that said, uh, things are looking much more positive uh, for USC and closing out their class with Roderick being a part of it. We'll find out in a week. Um, look, I'm not sure if there are any other surprises out there. Uh, I suppose if anything's possible. Something always happens in recruiting. Um, look at what's happening with Jaden Rashad over there with Miami, Florida, and he's now taking visits, you know, the 11 o'clock hour trying to find a home. So there are there are things that go on behind the scenes that you know might not be aware of, or maybe I am aware of and I just can't talk about it. Point being, don't be surprised if uh, a name pops up out of the blue. I'm not saying I know anything. I'm just saying don't be surprised. Stuff like that happens. <clears throat> um, for instance, <laughs> um, the transfer portal may bring up could possibly bring a surprise. I told everyone last week that that offensive lineman, the interior offensive lineman from Florida, Ethan White, that that wasn't going to happen. Well, uh, as it turns out, he took a uh, 
He was on a visit this past week, along with Warren Roberson, the defensive back commitment to TCU, who never signed his paperwork during the early signing period. Now, I would always recommend uh, everybody take Scott Schrader's recruiting insight over mine every day, twice on Sundays. Uh, but again, you know, nobody's 100% perfect. And while he gets the latest, greatest updates, uh, you know, my source is still telling me that, you know, Ethan is, he's looking for an NIL opportunity that is best for him. Now, with him showing up late in the process, maybe he's done his research. Maybe USC is providing the best NIL opportunity for him. And now he's come to LA to, to seal the deal, close the deal. Uh, we'll find out. Again, the fact that he is actually on the visit says that, you know, I think something's changed between what I heard previously two, three weeks ago and him being in LA just this past weekend. So what is it? Maybe his market value has changed. I don't know the particulars, but it's a good sign that he he came to make the visit. I guess we'll find out soon enough since the last day to register for classes at USC for spring is January 27th. Um, again, there's loopholes, ways to get around it. Nevertheless, that is really the, the, the target date to keep an eye on. Look, there's really little talk about uh, with the 2023 class, and it does kind of feel like a dead period right now. That is until, you know, spring camp is over and that transfer portal opens up again. Um, there's going to be more movement. Trust me on this one. Last year, Lincoln Riley's first year, he, out of necessity, uh, he brought in 20, 26 transfers. So far, USC has announced six signings via the transfer portal. Real quickly, those names again, Kion Bars, Jamil Muhammad, Mason Cobb, Christian Roland Wallace, and um, and then also uh, Eddie Sablickley. I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to get that name right. <laughs> the uh, punter kicker from Arizona State, and then wide receiver Dorian Singer from Arizona. And then also they have commitments from the running back from South Carolina, Marshawn Lloyd, the five-star defensive end, Anthony Lucas from Texas A&M, the two flight and the two offensive linemen, Jared Kingston from Washington State, and Michael Tarquin, University of Florida, who, you know, maybe he was able to convince his uh, teammate, Ethan White, LA is the place to be. We'll get into that a little bit. As I mentioned, high school recruiting uh, for the 2023 class for the roster, uh, it's it's over for the most part. You got the three guys that I mentioned. Um, but again, when that portal opens up again, that's when the class will be closed. So uh, there it is. Let's, don't anticipate too many names scrolling across ESPN or FS1 or CBS Sports, across their chirons showing uh, USC's commitments or signings on February 1st. I think USC's class will be official uh, once that May 15th deadline rolls around, when 
the transfer portal closes. That's your new official date to look for USC's 2023 recruiting class to be over. All right, as small business owners or a hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people you have who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights for your job post, um, and they have over 875 million member profiles. Wow, that's a lot. To put in front of the most qualified candidates. They help you identify the most qualified candidates on LinkedIn Jobs and connect you with them fast, and they do it for free. LinkedIn Jobs make it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job applications, and then you can do it all on one platform. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So sometimes regardless of how much a fan base um, thinks a player should choose their school, look, there are going to be just dumb obstacles that they're going to be just too hard to overcome. Um, and sometimes they're self-inflicted. I have heard tons of recruiting stories over the years. Some anecdotes that just would make you shake your head and laugh and others that just make you shake your head and go, WTF was that person thinking? Um, and then there are other assistants other stories out there where an assistant coach is just, he's an ass, rude, stupid. Uh, I'm not going to mention the program. I could, and I should, but I won't. But I heard a story regarding a player recently uh, that USC was recruiting uh, against another Blue Blood school. USC won that recruiting battle. Um but sometimes an assistant coach, you know, sometimes they can make themselves feel too much at home. In-home, va- look, we know that an in-home visit can make or break a potential commitment. That's why head coaches are usually the guys to close the deal. They're the ones who typically do the in-homes. Then again, you have some really strong assistant coaches that make in-homes. Uh, they're essential. When you're invited into a person's home, manners and respect, look, in everyday life, I'm talking to you, I'm not talking about coaches, even though this is what I'm talking about. Um, manners and respect should probably be at the front of the line when you are when you go to someone's home, especially if you're trying to close the deal with uh, trying to convince some parents that I'm going to be the best person to mentor your son to not only 
develop into a great football player, but could develop into a fine, young, outstanding human being, individual that will represent himself well as an adult. Okay. So with that being said, when someone says, hey, you know, make yourself at home, that doesn't mean take off your shoes and you know, start raiding the refrigerator. That's what this particular coach did. So the coach was invited in. He's sitting around on the couch. He's having a conversation with the parents. I'm sure the young man is sitting right there, probably playing video game. Coach gets up, walks across the house, into the kitchen, opens up the refrigerator. And as he's looking for something to drink, he turns around and asks the parents, while I'm up, is there anything I can get for you? Yeah. I had the same reaction you're probably having. What in the hell was this coach thinking? It's one thing if you are given permission. But it's another just to do it on your own accord. I don't know. I found that story. I would put that in the you really screwed up department category. It's hard to uh, convince parents that, you know what? I'm a good mentor. I'm going to teach your, young, your your son how to be a young man and respect people. You might want to respect the house you're in first, right? But there's a lot of strange stories out there, and I could go on and on and on. Um, I, there, I, I know of an assistant coach at USC one time when he was doing an, an in-home visit. He, uh, he got kind of caught, caught eyeballing a player's sister. These are the type of things that go on. And sometimes they're hard to overcome. Now, besides that, um, you have NIL to kind of figure out as well when you're doing these visits. You have to be able to read the room. Uh, I spoke about the Jaden Rashada situation. You know, he's now learning a hard lesson. And maybe a good one. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, he was committed to Miami. He then flipped to Florida. Um, what was he flipped to Florida over what was supposed to be allegedly a thirteen to fourteen million dollar uh, NIL package paid over his time at while he was at Florida. Well, apparently, first payment never arrived. So uh, he's now exploring his third opportunity to commit to a program. And this time it's probably, I don't know, maybe TCU. I know he was taking a visit there. Uh, we'll see. So I guess the question is, you know, when you're recruiting, and is it the player who's looking for the NIL or the parents? This is why USC is really, I, I can't say it, other than they're, they're very judicious with the way they, they have they have a budget that they are willing to spend for NIL. And it's typically going to be spent on players who have earned it. There's very few high school players out there who are worth seven figures. Definitely not those type of numbers. Definitely not Jaden Rashada. So if we know that NIL is going to play a role, and you, you have to deal with that now at the high school level. We know that USC likes to 
reward players financially. When I say USC, I'm talking about the collective, not USC, the school, with players who have already earned it. So if you're a, let's say you know you're going to be a first round draft pick, maybe you're a second round draft pick. Um, maybe your representative, you, you probably already attached yourself with an agent. Maybe your representative is going to uh, want to play a role in that decision making where you go. Maybe they're going to want to have you keep you close by. Something to think about, right? Uh, coming to LA. You know, once you know that you're at first round, is there a better place to be than than Los Angeles to, than to you know make some nil money? Worked out for Jordan Addison. Seems to be working out pretty well for Caleb Williams. So again, this is why USC is in such a unique position to own the transfer portal, to maybe not flaunt nil up front, but to show up front what NIL can be for you in a year or two or three down the road if you decide to come to USC. And it doesn't always have to be out of high school. You can get that second opportunity down the road. And that's what we see USC doing. Remember, they were recruiting Anthony Lucas out of high school. Anthony Lucas chose to go to Texas A&M. It's hard to turn down those types of financial opportunities. The concern is when these players now flip and leave, you have to know, you have to make sure that they are not just 100% invested in dollar signs, but they are also committed to winning. That's the balance. That's the challenge when you're recruiting with NIL being involved. So all of you who think, oh, USC just needs to just throw money at this player, throw money at that player, and be more aggressive, you don't know what you're talking about. You may think you do, and it might sound great in theory. However, it doesn't work out that way. There's just so much going on behind the scenes that you kind of have to see the big picture. All right. That doesn't make me smarter than anybody else. However, I do have some unique insight that maybe the typical everyday fan might not have. You think you do, you just don't. So you keep believing what you believe. I will try and you know bring you some opinion with some really strong stuff to back it up. All right, so I know everybody loves to talk basketball, or you're going to. We're going to talk a little bit about the men's hoops program. They got a split out in the desert over the weekend. Big road trip, and they needed to get a split. They got their butts kicked in Tucson. Uh, I don't know if it was anticipated to look that bad, but they they typically don't win (laughs) when they play the Wildcats down in in Arizona. Uh, But with that said, they did come back really strong, and they won their game against the Sun Devils in Tempe Saturday night, 77-69. to My issue is, while getting the win is first and foremost number one priority, the score should not have been 77-69. to It should not have been that close. I don't want to say USC was fortunate to actually end up winning the game. However, they almost gave that game away. 
it 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 almost felt like I was watching the USC football team implode against Tulane at the end. Uh, it, and the similarities were freaking ridiculous. And it almost ruined uh, Vince Uwachukwu's performance. Yeah, the seven-footer that nearly, not nearly, he was he was dead on July 1st if it wasn't for Andy Enfield and head trainer John Yonamini rushing to get the defibrillator and doing CPR. Vince against ASU, 12 points, five rebounds, and a block shot. The game looked like it had slowed down. All of a sudden, he wasn't rushing to, to do everything. He was just playing basketball. And this is a great sign for USC going forward for the for the second half of the season. Had he been around for the first half of the season, I don't know if they'd only have two losses, like they were saying on the on, during the TV broadcast. However, uh, this team probably wouldn't have as many losses as they have right now. Um, and they probably, uh, well, I'll just say, they would be in better shape if Vince was available from the beginning of the season. After the game, this is what Vince said regarding his performance. He's put in, quote, unseen hours to get to the point where I'm at, end quote. It, this isn't about him practicing with the team once he was medically cleared. This was about him getting out of the hospital bed and being monitored about how much endurance he can take, walking, jogging, running, then picking up a basketball. Getting to the point where he is today, you, yeah, it would take more than the 30 minutes that I like to spend talking to you guys on Locked on USC. Point being, July 1st, 2022, no one knew if Vince would ever play basketball again. Here he is. Back to this game, though. Uh, with four minutes and 51 seconds left in the game, USC had a 17-point lead. Remember, the final score was 77-69. <clears throat> they had 77 points with four minutes and 51 seconds left in the game. During that time span, they went on to turn the ball over eight times and were outscored 16-2 to over that final four minutes and 35 seconds. They literally were doing everything in their power to give that game away. As I said, I thought I was watching USC football play Tulane. I was getting angry because I'd seen this movie before. And I had seen this movie before with Andy Enfield's teams. For about 35 minutes, the, the Trojans on against Arizona State, they did everything right. And then they forgot to have, they forgot how to play basketball and how to close out a game. And this is the issue that I find with Andy's teams. This is his 10th year with the program. Um, he's becoming one of the deans. I mean, Dana Altman, him, Tad Boyle. I'm a huge supporter of Andy Enfield, ardent supporter, and I still am. I want to be very, very, very clear about this. Um, 
big Andy Enfield fan. His recruiting is top shelf. Uh, and the program has never won consistently as much as it has during his tenure. I mean, I third winning is major program uh, behind Kansas and Baylor. I mean, that, that's how many wins they have. They have more wins than UCLA during the same time span. They're doing something right with Andy Enfield at the helm. With that said, they're still having way too many challenges closing out games. And it, it happens every year. Every team that he has. It doesn't matter who's on the roster. So you have to wonder why. Um, look, rarely does Andy Enfield lose his ish, his stuff, go ballistic during a game. Uh, you, you've seen him unleash on, on the officials, but rarely do you see him call a timeout and just go apocalyptic on his roster. Well, he did that late in the game Saturday night. And he needed to to get his guys' attention because they they their their self-awareness had was lost. I don't know what was going on. Some of the players, you know, took to the loud coaching. When I say loud coaching, I'm talking about him yelling in their faces. Um, I'm not sure if I saw spittle, but he was livid. I I have never seen him like this before, ever. He had good reason to be this upset, though. His his leaders, his upperclassmen like Boogie Ellis, Drew Peterson, those guys, they need to understand that the clock is their friend at the end of the game. They need to learn. I mean, they were rushing through it. They were they were breaking the press. Great. But then they were throwing ill-timed, poorly conceived lob passes. They were turning the ball over. They weren't working the clock. They weren't making ASU have to play defense and foul them. Why would that have been great? Well, you need to learn how to get to the free throw line when you're, as a team, you're 14 for 14 from the free throw line. That's what they were with four minutes and 51 seconds left in the game. They never shot free throws at the end. When Arizona State had to foul them. So, look, I'm not, they won. I'm not going to harp on it. Point being, this is, I'm seeing something with Andy Enfield's teams that he is going to have to get figured out. These guys have to learn how to close out games. Otherwise, all of your great recruiting, all these wins during the regular season, getting to the NCAA tournament, doesn't mean a lot if you can't close out tight games. Winning big is easy. You got to learn how to win close, tight games. So what's coming up? USC host UCLA Thursday in a rematch. Remember, they had a beat at Poly Pavilion. Couldn't close out the game. UCLA is going to be coming in on a losing streak. They lost to Arizona Saturday afternoon. So uh, while a win will over UCLA will help USC separate themselves from the five-team second-place tie that they're a part of, um, that win will go a long way, obviously. They'll put them one game behind the Bruins, who were in first place. And now with Vince starting to look like 
the uh, top player he was coming out of high school. Uh, maybe this team is ready to take off. We'll find out. Maybe they can make a run. They're going to have to learn how to close out games, though. When you're up 17 points under five minutes, you gotta you got to learn how to win. You can't be literally look like you're holding on to win. I get it. They're on the road. Nevertheless, I've seen this before with Andy's teams, and I don't want to see it anymore. So there you go. First episode of Locked On USC is in the books for this week. We come at you five times a week. Again, hit on over to WeRSC.com. you got to check it out. Again, with recruiting coming to an end, the recruiting class, we're going to have a lot of updates for you. All right. You know what to do until then, guys.